Hey, everybody, Pepper Sweeney jumping in here just quickly before we get into this week's episode. Uh, I just want to remind you that coming up on October the 26th, we are going to be doing a live Being Known podcast recording at McLean Presbyterian Church in McLean, Virginia, and we would love, love, love to see you all there. The following day on the 27th, which is why we're all going to be together, Amy, Kurt, and I will all be there, we are going to be doing the Center for Being Known's Connections Conference. This year's theme is Emergence. We have great speakers lined up, and we would love for you to sign up for that. It's a great way to connect with other people that are looking to do this work, that are looking to join confessional communities, that are like-minded and wanting to learn more about being known. So go to thecbk.org, the CBK. Org and click on the Connections 2023 link in the banner and uh, get yourself registered because we need to see you there. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Being Known podcast with my friend, Dr. Kurt Thompson. My friend, Pepper Sweeney. We are here to discover and explore what it means to be truly known. Hello, Kurt. <laughs> yeah. My man. man. Listen, uh, <laughs> this season, season eight of the Being Known podcast, we are going to be talking about putting ourselves in the path of oncoming beauty. And mm. Kurt, I remember very specifically... After Amy planted the seed of the podcast and the whole idea of us doing this together, uh, you called me. I was sitting on my back deck, and we had this great, long, wonderful conversation that was really centered around beauty. Mm. And I remember at the end of that conversation, because we the conversation we were you called me to talk about the podcast and mm-hmm. talk about what what could happen with what you think could happen with this podcast and where the stories could go and all this and. And we talked so much about beauty. And I remember at the end of that conversation said, saying, why didn't we just record this? I mean, why wasn't this <laughs> yeah. podcast number one? And it took us eight seasons to get here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we are here yeah. with beauty. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, we, we the, the name of the podcast, the Being Known podcast is, you know, what we are about, uh, but it doesn't, in, in some respects, to be known is the beginning. I want to be known in order for us to go on to create beauty and goodness in the world. And I know that, you know, on this podcast, we've used that phrase, we're going to create beauty and goodness in the world over and over and over again. And we've had other occasions in other seasons to kind of talk about it a little obliquely not least of which when we, when we covered the soul of desire, but we really want to do a deep dive into this. You know, we explore neuroscience and human relationships in the con, you know, in the context of the biblical narrative on this, on this podcast, but we said, but to what end? What, why, why do we do that? We also, you know, we long for the healing of our traumas and we want to be able to encourage people on the journey of life. And at the same time, we want to acknowledge that we're doing all that. The thing that is pulling us, is this encounter with beauty. This whole notion that when, when the writer of Ecclesiastes said, and for he has put eternity in their hearts, this sense that eternity, as we've said here before, is not just a measurement of time. 
It's a measurement of the depth of the life of God. And there's a sense that when we, when we encounter beauty in some way that just captivates us, uh, we lose all track of time, right? I just want to be, as, as we're going to talk about a number of these artistic offerings and, uh, and, and experiences that we can have uh, of great beauty over the course of this season, when we have that encounter, we don't, like, we lose track of time because we are caught in the depth of that space. And we would say that this is a large part of like what the healing of our traumas, for instance, is intended not just to relieve us of pain. It is to recommission us to be doing the work that we were created to do, which is, as God said, he looked on those things in the first page of the Bible. He looked on those things at day one, day two, day three, and he saw, and it was good, but it was beautiful. Beauty is... The adjective in the Hebrew, beauty, is, is, is what's being described. And so we, we, we want to encounter beauty more directly and explicitly and invite it to do its work, uh, perhaps in ways that actually require a more intentional focus that we want to apply in this season. Again, we've talked about it along the way, but we really want to now turn our attention fully toward it. And to, just to be clear, our th- this season, this is not going to be some academic or philosophical exploration. There are resources for that, and, and there are places for that. I think uh, the Roger Scruton, for example, uh, a British philosopher, has a book titled Beauty that I would highly recommend to our readers. And it's a it's just it's a small book, a short book. Now you gotta you gotta come ready to do some thinking work because he's a philosopher and yeah, yeah I've I've had you work. recommend short easy books to me in the past, and <laughs> they were neither short nor easy uh, for ninety <laughs> percent of the population. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So, uh, but it, 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 this book itself is really a, an artifact of beauty in, in like the way that he, like when you read what he's writing, that in and of itself is an encounter with beautiful language and beautiful ideas mm. and requires, you know, you, you, want, you want your cup of tea or your bourbon, whatever, you know, it's going to help you like sit with these things. Mm-hmm. So you, you may be right. It's not a book that you read quickly. Right. But it's, but it's still a short book, and it's not very big. But, but what we really want to do, and so, so we're not saying like that, that that's unimportant. It's very important for us to be thinking about it. And we will be talking about like how our, how our thoughts come to beauty and what we think about, because that's, that's, that's a crucial part of how we then dispense with it. Like, what do we do in response to it? But we don't so much want to define beauty here as much as we want to encounter it. Hmm. And then let it do its work within us. You know, we've, we want to do what we've often on occasion suggested it's good for us to do, which is to put ourselves in the path of oncoming beauty. For sure, it's often coming from and in many places that we're not aware of. And this way, we want to make more possible for us to become the beauty that we long to create and curate. And, and this is an idea in and of itself. Uh, that I think it would be um, on the top one, you know, uh, one of the ideas at the top of my list of what I would hope we would come away with during our time, that we would become more aware of uh, the beauty that God is creating of us, that we are becoming artifacts of beauty. 
And uh, those are that, and, and that beauty is something that we grow into in the same way that Starry Night for Van Gogh didn't just happen in 30 seconds. It, it emerged. That the Pieta, 6,000 pounds of marble, didn't just happen in an afternoon. It, it emerged in the same way that we are emerging, that our sanctification process is one in which God is working to bring beauty out of us and through us into the world. And that's why we, we talk about the explicit nature of being in the path of oncoming beauty. We could, we could say this, oh, I'm on the path. Like beauty is coming down the path and I'm on that same path. I'm on it. But we, when we use the word, this adjective this in adjective, it's not an, I don't know if that's, I don't think it's an, that's a participle. It's a, yeah, it's a dangling, it's a dangling participle, I believe. I'm dangling in the path of oncoming beauty. (laughs) You know. (laughs) I was was minding my own business. The next thing I know, I was just out there dangling Dangling in the path path of oncoming beauty. Yes. (laughs) But I think the point is that, and we're going to get to this in this poem that we're going to talk about today. Mm. Like I, 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 I'm gonna that that's I'm gonna give that to you to, to talk about. But I to even name it. But I'm like, I read that thing six or eight times, mm-hmm. sitting with it as we're getting ready for this episode. Mm-hmm. And every single time, like, you know, like I could feel in my body things starting to happen. Uh, just this sense of relaxation, but also tingling. This this sense of like, oh my gosh, the words themselves on the page are talking about the beauty of the world that is coming. Hmm. Like it's not just sitting neutral out in the world, waiting for us to go find it. In some respects, we see it as that, but there is a sense in which all of creation, including ourselves, have been made in such a way to express that beauty to the rest of the world and bring joy to the world in that way. And so beauty is always coming toward us. Now, I maybe think that I'm the one, oh, I'm the one that goes out and looks at this oak tree that's outside my window that I see. But there's a sense that from the beginning, God has known of the moment when I would want to go do that, and he's bringing the tree to mm-hmm. me. And I want that ultimately for us to be aware that that's why we're in the path, this sense that this, this thing is coming toward us. I don't just happen to be on a path that it happens to occupy. It's coming toward me. I'm in its way and it's, and it wants me to be in its way. In the same way that I want our listeners to have the sense that the world, uh, we, we don't think this, but God wants us to think that the world wants to be in our oncoming path. Because we are created to bring beauty and goodness to the world that is waiting for us when we walk outside our front door in the morning. Mm. That's an additional piece that we'll get to. But this whole notion of beginning to imagine that not only is beauty all around us, but that uh, it's coming for us. And the more we are awakening to this, the more we can, with intention, step into its path. Lots of things I don't want to step into the path of. I don't want to step into the path of an oncoming 18-wheeler. Right. That would not end well? No. For me? But I I want to step into the path of oncoming beauty because I want to know what it's like to, to receive it. I want to know what it's like for it to come for me. 
I want to practice beginning to imagine what it's like for me to be that beauty that is coming for others and coming into the world. And it is practice. And if you, if I think if, if you, if we don't intentionally practice, beauty can be flying by us and, and we don't even know it because we aren't aware because we aren't practicing standing in the path of the, of the oncoming beauty. Right. Yeah. 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 I think there is a sense in which we can easily say something like, Oh, I, I just wasn't paying attention to it, which is true. Uh, but in not paying attention to it, which we'll start to pay attention to in our next episode, uh, in, in some respects, what I'm doing is I'm stepping out of the path. I'm, I'm stepping out of the path of it, like I'm, mm-hmm. by not paying attention to things. Mm-hmm. When, there is, when, it, it, when God has made the world in such a way that he wants us to be in the path. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, for our listeners, the, the format that we're going to uh, use for this season is, uh, again, we, we've spoken of this in the past, this notion of doing the work of moving from imagination to incarnation. And what 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 this what this means is that we're we're constantly wanting to in, invite us to not just have beauty be just an abstract idea, but we want to invite you to as practice as much as possible encountering it in real time and space hmm. in you, your body with the things. Now it doesn't you, you you may not get to Paris to see Van Gogh's work, but even if you look at it on a computer. Mm-hmm. But you could step outside someplace in your neighborhood and encounter an oak tree, and or encounter something else, or you know, or uh, you know, a, a local museum or something of that nature. But you don't even have to go to the museum, as we're as we're going to get to this notion of we we want to give beauty the opportunity to speak for itself. I don't just want to have to be the one who's determining it all that and thinking about. It. I just want to, I don't want to think about it. I want to have an encounter with it. And so here we don't even mostly want to talk about about beauty, although we'll do that. Rather, we want to encounter it and invite it by God's Spirit to do the work that it longs to do within us. And again, as I mentioned, this will be grounded in the biblical view of the world, Genesis 1 in particular, this notion that from the beginning, we to be image bearers of God is to be those who steward, who create and curate all of this beauty that has been made before we arrived on the scene, but was prepared for us to then steward and to encounter. And so in each episode, we're going to be offering artistic creations and inviting you, the listeners, to do some work. And we're going to get to that word work in just a moment. Uh, But we're going to do some work to prepare for each subsequent episode. This is a little different. It's almost a little bit of the opposite of what we've done in the past in that we usually get to the end of an episode and then we will describe an artistic offering that you can meditate on that reflects on what we've just talked about in that episode. In this case, we're going to invite you to look at a piece of art or encounter a piece of artistic expression as a way to prepare for the next episode. So in that case, it does require some work on your part. And it will be a way for you to do the very thing we're hoping for each of us to do, which is to put yourself in the path of oncoming beauty. Right. Right. It's a great opportunity to, to start practicing this, I think, 
in these next weeks that we have ahead with the podcast. I, you know, we're, we're, we're doing our best to pick some things that we think that you will enjoy being in front of, um, encountering. And the thing that's kind of exciting is we're all going to be doing this together because mm -hmm. as we all prepare for next week's episode, we will give you things to experience and, and put yourself in the path of that we'll then talk about next week and we'll all have a better understanding of the language and, and everything else that we're going to be talking about because we will have had this experience together throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Again, a, a, a couple of other um, elements of the format. Uh, each episode, we are going to associate with a different domain of integration of the mind. We're doing, in this episode, we're really just kind of giving you a, a bit of an on-ramp, a bit of an introduction to what we're going to be doing. But beginning with the next episode, we're going to begin to talk about each domain of integration of the mind, beginning with the domain of consciousness. Um, and those who are familiar with those nine domains of integration will know what we're talking about. But those who are not familiar with this, we just encourage you to check out season two of the Being Known podcast, where we cover each of those nine domains subsequently. And they are going to be, uh, those. The, the, each domain uh, and each episode are going to be kind of like the skeleton on which we start to kind of put flesh on regarding the different elements of beauty that we want to encounter. Now, again, we want to say, too, that throughout another portion of the format is throughout the entire season, uh, we're going to be paying attention to four words that we believe that beauty represents. Now, these are not the only four words. There are lots of different ways of shorthanding, you know, what, 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 what does beauty do? What does it mean? But there are four words that, that we use, and I'm, I'm going to mention the first three, and then I'm going to give the fourth to you, bro, because, like, that was your word. <laughs> and I just, I think it's so, and, I, and it's crucially important. The first thing we say is that, you know, one of the things that is common for all artifacts of beauty, whether it's a beautiful idea or if it's a sunset, is one of wonder. Like, we are, like, captivated. We are astonished. There is this sense of wonder that overcomes us. And we all, I think we all get that. I think the other thing that we, that we recognize about beauty is that it is a, it's an experience of welcome. So all these words begin with the, the letter W. So the wonder and then welcome, it welcomes us. It invites us mm -hmm. to encounter it. It doesn't try to be stingy with itself. It doesn't say, oh, yes, you can come and you can come, but you can't come. That's really crucial for us to recognize that it is hospitable for us, as God is hospitable to us. And of course, you know, we'll, we'll eventually get to this when we talk more about beauty and trauma, but there is the notion, even now, I'm sure as we're, as we're talking, that there are parts of each of our lives that we might not feel very hospitable toward. And we want to invite you to consider that there is wonder and welcome, even for those parts of ourselves, and especially for those parts of ourselves, that we might much rather get rid of. So there are two things we're paying. It's wonder, it's welcome. And then there is this sense in which when we've had that kind of encounter of wonder that has welcomed us, 
we eventually recognize, look, there's got to be something beyond this. This is, it leads us to worship. There is the sense of, I, my, my mind is turned toward like that, which is almost beyond words mm. because I'm so overcome. I, I, I want to give thanks for this. I want to tell someone that I'm grateful for this because I'm well, I'm well aware that whatever this is, like, like I didn't make the, I like this, it came to me. Like I just, it's, it's humbling all those things to which worship is this sense that I'm drawn to. And I'm aware that all these things can be true, wonder, welcome, and worship. And at the same time, I can, uh, my, my life can be such that I uh, don't allow for there to be time for any of this. Right. Caught in my anxiety and working things, which is why we need a fourth word. Yeah. And that fourth word, of course, you get wonder, welcome, and worship. You get all the, and I get the four-letter word. So, uh, <laughs> so that word is work. And we sort of, we discovered this together, uh, you know, maybe in the first season, I, I, I'm not sure what, where we originally started talking about this, but we were paying attention to putting ourselves in the path of oncoming beauty since the beginning of this podcast. And uh, when we first started recording, we were in the middle of the pandemic and that for me personally, and for many of us caused a lot of anxiety and um, mm -hmm. worry. And so um, one of the things that I turned to was beauty to try to help me through your guidance, help me to overcome some of those feelings. And, and so I, w the first place that I went to was poetry. Um, mm -hmm. And I went to the work of Wendell Berry and I started reading the piece of wild things, the, the poem, the piece of wild things. And at the same time, we couldn't do much during the pandemic, but I did spend a lot of time on walks. I spent a lot of time outside. Mm -hmm. And so I combined those two things and I decided that I would put this poem to memory. Um, I wanted to have it with me all the time. I wanted to be able to draw from it, right? So, so I was walking in beauty and I, I was doing the work to memorize this poem so I could truly experience the beauty. And I think that that in order to experience the wonder, welcome, and worship, it does require something of us. It does mm -hmm. require, I mean, if you're going to be switching your attention towards something, that's an effort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so it will require some work. And I, I do just want to say that this is work that you will not be sorry uh, that mm -hmm. you spend time mm -hmm. doing. You will mm -hmm. not be sorry that you're practicing putting yourself in the path of oncoming beauty. Um, mm. it will, mm. uh, help you to be aware of it all around you. It will just, it will change you in many ways as it has me. Right. Um, right. so yeah, there is this, this idea of work as well that goes into it. You know, you all may have heard Pepper and I took a trip to El Salvador and we have so much to share with you. In fact, in a future episode this season, Amy will interview Pepper and me about our trip. Pep, you remember Vanessa, the mother of the two little babies? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, we went to her house. Vanessa is a mother of four, two of which are twin babies. You know, we witnessed Vanessa and her husband going to great, and I, I mean great lengths to provide for their family. And the thing that I realized, you know, in the moment is they have the very same dreams and hopes for their kids as we have for ours. 
And what we discovered was that with the support of a compassion sponsorship, it's possible for those dreams to be realized. You know, Phyllis and I have supported Compassion International for years, and we're so aware of the amazing work that they do. And one of the unique features about Compassion is that they work with the local church. And what I love about this is that when help arrives, it arrives with a familiar face. We witnessed this impact firsthand in the way families experienced feeling seen, soothed, safe, and secure. You know, we saw the need firsthand in El Salvador. Consequently, we are centering our efforts there. However, should you feel a call to sponsor a child in another part of the world, you'll have that option as well. We as a community get to be part of this mission. We invite you to join us by sponsoring a child. $43 a month provides a child with all their basic needs and hope for a brighter future. Go to Compassion.com forward slash known. That's C-O-M-P-A-S-S-I-O-N dot C-O-M forward slash K-N-O-W-N. And remember, $43 a month will literally change a child's life. Join us. Yeah. You know, Pep, we, you and I came to that poem uh, separately. You came to it. I came to it from yep. different directions. And when I first encountered it, a, fr- a friend of mine in L.A., you know, who's a literature professor, recommended this. And I'm like, where, where, where has this been all my life? And I, so, but my first listening to it, after that professor just quoted it, we're, I remember, so we're, we're in an in and out, we're pulling into an in and out burger in LA and we pull in and we're talking about this. And he says, yeah, this one from Wendell Berry. And he just, and he just mm. says it. And I'm like, uh, like, wait, wait. So my first like ongoing encounter was like, I, there's an NPR recording of Wendell Berry, yes. you know, yep. quoting this poem. And I'm just, it's just on a, on a loop, right? And I'm just listening to this over and over again. And, and reading it while he's, yeah. while he's saying it. So beautiful. And it was so meaningful to me. And then when I, when you said like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you, you know, the piece of wild things. And then you quoted it. Hmm. I like nearly came out of my shoes. And I, I, and, and there was something in a, just in addition to the poem itself, like there was an awareness that you're being able to just say it. Like I was aware of the work Mm. that is required to do that. And there was something even about the awareness of the work itself that adds to the beauty of the experience of the poem. Mm. And so I, I want to, uh, at least that was my experience and inspiring. Now, I haven't, I, I have not, I, I have wanted to, but I have not put it to memory, but I, I, I want to do it. But I, I just want to say, like, that's, you know, to our audience, that, that's, that's evidence. To your point about, like, there's going to be a, a good payoff for this kind of work. Right. I want to say that I think that it's not just, oh, I'll feel good about memorizing something, but the... Yeah, you want to say something? No, no, I'm just, I, I think I know where you're going. I'm going to let you say it. Go ahead. No, I, I, I'm just saying like the, the work itself becomes a, the, an element of the beauty itself. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, you know, with a lot of this stuff, there's, 
it's 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 just like it's all the journey. There there's not really a destination yeah. here. You know, it's all yeah. the journey and experiencing beauty as you're doing the work. And it and the work becomes the beauty. And it's yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 So I think th- throughout our season, we're gonna be referencing these four W words. We will be, you know, pulling different elements of different parts of these words into um, our conversation throughout that. And we then also want to recognize that these four words contribute then to the three R words. These, not reading, writing, arithmetic. These are the three words of how beauty does three things. It reveals. Right? So it, we, we are revealed. Mm-hmm. When we encounter it, it, we don't, the beauty itself is not just revealed, but it reveals us to ourselves, to others. It regenerates, right? It finds those parts of us that, you know, how, how many times have, have we been in some place where beauty overwhelms us and we weep because the beauty is not just beautiful, but it's also touching grief within us. It accesses parts of us that long for things that aren't beautiful. And it brings those things into a space where it can be regenerated, where it can be healed. So it reveals, it regenerates. And then it recommissions. It really puts us in this space in which we are then given the opportunity to be curious about how is God now revealing, regenerating, to recommission me, recommission us to become people that are paying attention to different things than the things that we pay attention to, that are doing different things with our bodies, that we are really imagining that when we walk into the world, that we are beacons of beauty that the world needs and the world is hungry and longing for. Mm. And so these four W words, wonder, welcome, work, worship, and work lead then to revealing, regenerating, and recommissioning. And so we'll keep those things in mind, those four W's and those three R's uh, throughout our time together. And with that in mind, I think as we come to the end of uh, our time today, let's pitch back to you and talk about our exploration. Yeah, so you know, for this first, this first artistic offering that um, hopefully is you'll feel as though you're being put in the path of oncoming beauty. We thought that we would do poetry today because uh, one of the reasons is because this is our first episode and we couldn't have you practice it before here. So this is something we can do together in real time. But also, I I do think that there's a special thing about poetry that does, you know, so illustrate the wonder, welcome, worship, and work. Also, the reveal, regenerate, and recommission. Poetry is, uh, to me, it's not, it it doesn't always feel like it's the most accessible form of beauty to, to a lot of us. And so it does require a little bit of work on our part. It can spur so much creativity in us. I know that writing poetry, Kurt, you've talked about this. I know that writing poetry can be a very therapeutic expression. And I believe that reading poetry can be a very therapeutic expression. You know, it can shine a light on all of those things and uh, hidden crevices in the heart and mind um, mm. and uh, that we keep closed off to the world. It has a way of making us think differently because it's written in different rhythms and um and, you know, the particular poem that we're going to be exploring today is As Kingfishers Catch Fire by Gerard Manley Hopkins. And, well, I'll say that uh, T.S. Eliot 
captured a very important truth about poetry when he said that genuine poetry can communicate before it's understood. Mm. So mm. poetry reaches back into our very earliest, you know, expressions of ritual, song, dance, hymn, hymns, and I, I just get the feeling that you should let poetry come to you as it will. So okay, okay, so okay, wait, 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 yeah. dude, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. So I I want to make a connection. Now, this was not in the script for today, but I just I want to make it like that. Could you say that again? What T. S. Eliot said. Yeah, sure. So T. S. Eliot he he said that genuine poetry can communicate before it is understood. Okay, so I just I just want to highlight that in many respects, that phrase represents what it means for us to be human. Dude, it's not just about poetry. I mean, for our listeners, imagine, think of how the, the different parts of your story that have been communicated to you and that you communicate to yourself mm-hmm. and that you communicate to other people that you do not yet understand, but we are communicating it all the time. Mm-hmm. Imagine the whole thing about like how we as human beings, we first sense and then we make sense of what we sense. That things that happened to us, both joyful and traumatic in our past, continue to work their way through our bodies and our interpersonal interactions in ways that are clearly communicating things, but that we do not understand. And we're working really, really hard to try to understand stuff first, because if I can understand it, then I can like I, I can control it. I can regulate it. I, 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 I can do this all by myself. Right. And I, you know, and it's funny, it's funny, like, it's just not giving it up. It's not letting me, my, I am not letting me understand me in the way that I want to so that I can, you know, my, whether it's my trauma, my symptoms, my this, my that, and so forth. And then I come to somebody else. I come to a therapist or I come to a musician, right? Or I come to a communications consultant like Pepper Sweeney and they start to ask questions. Because they are, um, uh, they are approaching me like a poem that is assuming that there's lots of things that I'm communicating that are not yet understood. And the, I'm imagining that Eliot might say, like, and, and the poet isn't worried about it not being fully understood mm-hmm. at first. It's not worried about that. It's wants, it wants the poem to circumvent the defeat, the parts of us that in understanding will want to defend against all the things that I don't like, that I don't, you know, that all the feelings that start to come. I don't understand that. What does that mean? Ah, da, da, all the stuff. And there's a sense in which in this regard, I don't know. I, I, obviously something has just come over me yeah, here. No. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm uh, like this sense that we are God's poetry and we are communicating things before we understand them. And others are communicating things to us that we don't understand. I'm like, it's upsetting because I don't understand you, my wife, my husband, my kids. My, and I, so, and we're saying, oh, wait a minute. You're like, Pepper, you're inviting us to slow down mm-hmm. and be curious and to encounter the poem that is before us, whoever it might be. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, that was great. That was great. You know, I was very tempted to. And I've done a bunch of research on the on on this particular poem, and I was very temp- tempted to, um, before I found T. S. Eliot's quote, to say, "So this is what this poem's about." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's we all want to know what it's about. We all want to know 
what it's about before so we don't have to do the work and we don't have to let it, we don't have to let it affect us we can just this is what it's about listen to it read it move on move on but it doesn't work that way it's like being married <laughs> please yes. honey can you just tell me what i need to do yeah i like I really, I, I know, I know you want to have this long, this conversation and the conversation itself is connecting and, but like, could you please just tell me what I need to do mm. so I can move on? Mm. And she's not, no, she's, she wants more connect, and, and like, and we all do, yeah. but my anxiety, I got to get things done so I can get to the next thing that I need to get done because I'm so worried that I'm not doing enough. Yeah. And yeah. the poem stops us. Go ahead. So this is as King Fisher's Catch Fire. As kingfishers catch fire, dragonflies draw flame. As tumbled over rim and roundy wells, stones ring like each tucked string tells, each hung bell's bow swung finds tongue to fling out broad its name. Each mortal thing does one thing and the same. Deals out that being indoors each one dwells, Selves, goes itself, myself it speaks and spells, crying, what I do is me, for that I come. I say more, the just man justices, keeps grace, that keeps all his goings graces, acts in God's eye what in God's eye he is, Christ, for Christ plays in ten thousand places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes, not his, to the Father through the features of men's faces. Now... Dude, the hair, the hair is standing up on my arms. It, this, this poem to me, and uh, Amy and I talked about this a bit, it, it takes a minute. Hmm. It takes more than a minute. Like you said, you read it six times even before coming to, and you had read it before. I mean, this is a, this is a piece that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to the spark notes and getting the commentary on what all the experts have said this poem means. And, you know, and there is a lot to that. There's insight that can be gained from that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would implore you, um, our audience, our friends here, to find the poem. It's very easy to find. Just Google as Kingfisher's Catch Fire and read through it and let it come to you. You know, um, let it communicate before you even understand it. And I think that, um, that that's a much better way to end this artistic endeavor than me pontificating on uh, what the experts say about it. So let's talk a little bit about next week. Mm-hmm. So next week's episode, what we're going to be looking at as the artistic offering are some of the works, the photographs of the landscape photographer, Ansel Adams. Um, 
And uh, I was first exposed to Ansel Adams' work by my father, who was an avid photographer and was a huge fan of Ansel Adams' work. I have a, um, I had a print in my first apartment, uh, Ansel Adams' print, but I have a huge coffee table book upstairs in my living room of all of his work that I, I go through occasionally. And, but let's, let's talk about just a couple of works that, that you can find very easily on the internet. And I think that photography is certainly one of the avenues of art that works very well uh, on your computer so you can get a pretty full experience of it. The first piece is called Monolith, The Face of Half Dome. Yosemite Valley by Ansel Adams. This was the, his first photograph that really gained a lot of acclaim. It was uh, photographed in 1927. All of his work is black and white, but you, you will soon forget that. And we'll talk about that next week. You will soon forget that it's in black and white. It doesn't stop the beauty from coming through at all. In fact, it, in my opinion, it adds to it. And the second uh, photograph is the Grand Tetons, and the Snake River, Grand Teton National Park, Wyoming, shot in 1942. And it is a gorgeous landscape of the curve of the river at the base of the Grand Tetons. And I just uh, invite you this week to, you know, you look when you look th- through, look for Ansel Adams' work, you know, there will be a lot that you can look through and you can spend time with, and I think it will help get in, into the mood. But just sit in front of these two particular uh, photographs and and sit in the path of the oncoming beauty of Ansel Adams. Mm. 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 Right on. Yeah. Well, Pep, I, uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful for uh, being able to do this with you and um, grateful that we're going to be able to kind of enter into this exploration of beauty. And the longing that I have is for our audience that's listening in you know, I think I think it's just so easy for us that at the pace at which we move, uh, for us to miss the encounters with beauty, mm. and uh, the, like when you said, you know, when you're inviting people to pick up as kingfishers catch fire, like I'd love you to, you know, for our audience, like plan on reading that twice a day, every day between now and our next episode. And uh, don't read it with some, like, some mission of like, okay, what, looking for some magical moment to happen. Like, you're, to, mm-hmm. you're trying to force something. But you really, you're going to put yourself in the path and let the beauty speak to you in its, uh, you know, in its cadence, and its time frame. Because beauty emerges often quite slowly. And um, especially when we have that urgent need to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and one last offering is that you can find a YouTube video and we'll link it in, in our show notes of uh, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen. Yeah, The Chosen, reading as Kingfishers Catch Fire. Are so that's kind of a cool little thing if you, if you want to experience it. It's, it's good when you're, when you're listening to poetry. It, it, I, I do believe that it's good to hear different voices um, mm-hmm. because you'll be picking up different things. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Kurt, thank you, buddy. This has been uh, a great introduction. I'm looking forward to this season. And those of you who are with us on YouTube, stand by because the cella is going to be joining us here. That's right. First cella. Love you, Kurt. Love you, man.
This podcast is produced by Kurt Thompson, Pepper Sweeney, and myself, Amy Chella. Audio production and editing is by Keaton Simons. Video production and editing is by Mark Gould. Speaking of videos, each week we post the video version of every episode to our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube by going to youtube.com or your app and searching Being Known Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on social media at Being Known Pod. If you like this podcast, tell a friend. Tell all of your friends. And please like, rate, and review. Be well, be known.